Hey there, horror movie tea sippers. The following podcast episode will contain spoilers for the movie we are about to review. If you have not seen the movie and do not wish to have anything ruined prematurely, please do not continue to watch or listen until you have seen the movie. And welcome to the Horror Movie Tea Podcast. Today, for our very last week of Asian Horror Month, we are doing one of my favorites. We are doing Premonition, which is a Japanese horror movie, and uh, it's from 2004. There are there's an English version that copied it, but anyways. But, but was it set in an earlier year? Nope, I don't think so. But yeah, it came Just... out in 2004. Some of the things they showed just made it feel like it was an earlier era, but okay. Yeah, I think... (laughs) We'll get to that later, though. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, uh, maybe that's when it was published to America. Maybe. Rather than when it was actually released in Japan. Because I think that's a thing. But anyways, before we get too distracted, um, (laughs) let's grab our cups and talk about tea. So today, I am doing the... Plum Deluxe Peaches and Cream Oolong Tea. It has black tea, oolong tea, apple pieces, apricot pieces, calendula, peach and vanilla essence. And it has caffeine. Sweet, sweet caffeine. I don't know if that'll help us or hurt us today with our ADD. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) You never know. Time will tell. Um, I am drinking Bigelow's Mint Medley Herbal Tea. Ooh. It is caffeine-free and all-natural, and it has peppermint leaves, spearmint leaves, rose hips, lemon peel, and hibiscus. Ooh, rose hip. Oh, that sounds amazing. Gonna have to try that. Yeah. So this is a, a light, relaxing, but still kind of wakes you up yeah. <laughs> with the mint yeah. kind of tea. So it's it's a good alternative for, you know, I usually like the, the perfectly mint Bigelow tea. So this is like an uncaffeinated version, almost. Very nice. Good substitute. Yes. Yes. And we are drinking it in our our merch cups. Yay! The I'm going to kill you at some point mug. And the please don't kill me mug. Because <laughs> I'm the one instigating the rage. A lot of times, yes. But we love you. I don't even try. I'm just like, I just automatically... It's just a thing that happens. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> But thank you, Plum Deluxe, for allowing us to continue to do what we love. And for our tea sippers out there, brew yourself a cup of tea, sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the review. I'd be curious <laughs> to know, though, if uh, if anyone has a tradition of brewing some tea before listening yeah. to us. I would love that, because we have the tradition of brewing tea before we listen to ourselves. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes it's needed. Yes. <laughs> But anyways, so the summary for Premonition. While stopped at a roadside phone booth to use the internet, Hideki finds a scrap of newspaper with the obituary section showing his five-year-old daughter. Trying to figure out what's going on, a truck suddenly hits his car, killing Nana, his daughter. Three years later, Hideki is now divorced from his wife, Ayaka, 
who is researching paranormal psychics, still trying to believe in him. Um, and she finds that there are people cursed to foresee the future, but can't stop it without huge consequences. Hideki then changes the future by saving his wife from a train derailment and becomes trapped in a time loop to make a choice regarding his own destiny. There's a kind of a lot to this one. There is. It is a lot to digest in this movie. Like, it's a very simple movie, but it's got a lot of layers to it. Yes. Yeah. But so for entertainment, I will be honest and say this was Jess's first time watching it, but this was not my first. This was actually one of the very first Japanese horror films that I saw, or just like Asian horror films in general. I was a, a teenager <laughs> back when I saw this, but I remember the in very the days of your <laughs> yeah, in the days of my youth. <laughs> Those are long gone, anyways. But this movie really pulls at your heartstrings, and like I watched it with my best friend at the time, and we were bawling. <laughs> the end of the movie we were just hugging each other we're like it's okay it's okay <laughs> but anyways before i get into the details about that my my point is this is while i don't this isn't my go-to movie because it is so heavy you kind of have to be in the mood to watch it but it does give you a very unique sense of horror that not many movies in general, give. And so it's like, this is, instead of this being like a absolute go-to movie for me, it's more a, like, I will watch this over and over, but it's like my top eight instead of my top 10, if that makes sense. But so for entertainment, I'm going to give this a 7.75. I couldn't quite give it an eight since it's not one that I just automatically jump to to watch but it definitely does not deserve to be a 7.5. Like, it's it's definitely a great movie and one that I have watched over and over again. But in general, the, whew, like, the little girl does such a good job. It's like, you see her for such a brief moment in the movie, but whenever she's in the car screaming for help, it just, oh, it just hits your heart right where they want it to. <laughs> it's just, it's so... Just tear out our heart, why don't you? Yeah. It's, it's okay, we didn't need it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the the situation, I, I have to wonder how many times that they rehearsed it, oh, but it just, the situation is just, not just absolutely horrifying, but just also feels really raw mm-hmm. and real. Except for a few things, but we'll we'll nitpick that. She later. does a really good job, though. Yeah, she she's does one a... of the best kid actors that we've seen. Yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah, because it's it's not just her screaming; like you can hear the raw terror, and you then feel her panic, and then her reaction and stuff. Like it truly does feel genuine. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And then the movie has some great camera angles that create, like, a sense of anxiety. Like, there's a part where Ayaka, the wife, or ex-wife at that point, 
Uh, she's going into this house to find what happened to the psychic that called her. And she's kind of like staring into the house, like wondering. But the camera angle has it to where her head is like a third of the screen. And so you're staring down this dark hallway that's the rest of the two thirds and you're just expecting something to pop out. It just gives a sense of like the unknown and foreboding and all of their camera angles like towards the end where uh, after the father dies, the daughter is on the road and you see the, they like zoom into her eyes and you see the fire reflected in her eyes and then the newspaper. It's just some really cool camera effects so it's like not only is the storytelling of this movie great, but the cinematography and the choices of angles and music, the soundtrack is just soundtrack's great. Yeah, it's like they all work together. It's, I don't know. It's kind of kind of artful. Yeah, it, it's like a but it's not like I wouldn't consider it an art film. No, it's very artistic, but tastefully so. Yes. And they don't slap you in the face with it repeatedly yeah the the focus yeah the focus is definitely more towards the story Mm -hmm. but whenever the camera angle serves to complement the story then that's when they use it yeah they use the art to enhance it instead of focusing on it yeah and then same with the music like the Mm -hmm. music really you can feel the heaviness of the tragedy and the loss and um, and the suspense yeah is that they do just all those pieces work really well for the movie Mm -hmm. I also really enjoy, you know, I'm a a sucker for like character growth and expansion (laughs) stuff. So I really enjoy, yes, it really does help, especially this movie. It just Mm -hmm. really helps flesh out the characters and make you feel sympathetic towards them. And I mean, especially like the way that they started off, because there are so many movies that start off big like that. But then they just jump to the story without really growing the character. Then you're like, well, I don't give a crap that that happened. I don't give a crap of what's happening now. But the fact that, like, they kind of had a little scene of the mom and the daughter singing. And you see how playful the wife is with the father. And she's like, okay, we'll go back. But you have to sing a song with us. And so it's like you kind of get a little bitty taste of character development and what these characters are like and then they throw this tragedy at you and then they forward it three years ahead and you get to see like how this tragedy affected them like the character building and the character expansion is like just on target i mean it feels real Mm -hmm. and then i like how like Whenever he first got the newspaper, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I have to stop this now is more like this can't be real. Like he's trying to scratch off the face of his daughter on the newspaper because he can't believe what's going on. And that's what ultimately leads to the tragedy because he didn't realize that he had to do something about it. And then once he figured out, okay, that actually happens, he then moves on. And whenever he gets the newspaper next, he's like, okay, now I'm going to try and stop it. So I like like that kind of like build up and growth. And then it's also a very different type of horror where it's more like a a tragedy and what he has to live without if he does choose to live and not like interfere with the the fate of his daughter or he has to come to terms with the fact that if he dies, his daughter will live on. So it's kind of like a at the end, it's very tragic that he kills himself. But at the same time, it's it's also what he had to do to make peace with himself. Yeah, as we iterated, it's a very heart-wrenching movie. Oh, 
Yeah, it's like afterwards we're supposed to watch like a very scary movie and Jess was like, I need something a little bit more lighthearted. We chose a different horror movie that was a bit lighter. Yeah. We'll get to that in a few weeks. Yes. (laughs) But my last point though, and this is really my only nitpick with the movie because overall, I mean, of course, the effects have definitely aged and you will definitely like feel that this movie is older But as far as like a storytelling aspect and all of that, it just hits all of the marks for me. But the one thing that I felt like was a to a detriment of this movie is it's like I like the whole craziness that they had at the end where it's like almost a little bit trippy. But the movie would have been a lot stronger as if they kind of expanded on what and were a little bit more clear on what actually happened to the other psychics. Mm-hmm. Because it's like you have one laying on the floor gripping the newspaper and you're or gripping the photo of the newspaper, and then you have the other one who has another newspaper psychic, and he just kind of like poof. <laughs> there was a smudgy outline, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it would have been cool. It's like obviously, it sounds like the people that have these are able to make these predictions have different fates, but it'd be cool. Like if it was all like a time loop stuff, if all of them like went missing or says like they know like that something bad happens to them, but you don't find out until the very end what actually happens or make it more clear exactly what happens to these characters. So that way you're kind of apprehensive on what's going to happen to the father. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's, that's mainly my, my biggest nitpick and, but I feel like is the weakest point of the movie. But that's what I got. You done? You gonna? Yeah, I was trying to wrap it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love this movie. So I didn't have the nostalgia glasses that Alyssa had. <laughs> I came in with completely fresh eyes, and they were very wet by the time it finished. Because <laughs> this movie really does hit you directly at the feels. They're they're very very good at that. But I give it a preliminary 6.5 with the possibility of growing. Because this movie has so many layers to it and such depth to it, it's difficult to gauge fully what the rating should be. Mm -hmm. So it has the potential of increasing later with more viewings, but currently I feel like it's a solid 6.5 for now. It is a very sad, unsettling horror. Yeah. Especially from like a a family perspective. Just knowing that something is coming that's going to really harm someone that you care about the most. And not really being able to do anything about it is honestly a horrible, horrible nightmare. It's not necessarily scary in the way that a lot of other horror movies are. Yeah. Um... Not in the adrenaline rush kind of scary way. It's scary in the the helpless knowledge kind of way. You know something's coming, but you're completely helpless to do anything about it. And almost unsettling, too. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's extremely unsettling. But there is definitely a lot to digest in this movie. There's, there's kind of... We'll get to a lot of it in the realism, but it it brings up a lot of questions. 
they're very unclear about certain things. And again, that really impacted the realism for me. Um, it does take me a little bit out of the immersion of the movie. The effects are dated, <laughs> for sure. But the characters themselves feel very real and tangible and genuine. It didn't seem... I, I don't remember any of the characters feeling robotic or unnatural. Everything was very organic. The The interactions with everyone were were genuine and organic. So they did a really, really good job mm -hmm. with the movie in that aspect. But when you start digging down into certain things, it just... You start questioning... <laughs> You start questioning the movie a bit, and it takes you out of the, the immersion. So it's it could be stronger, but it's also one of the better ones that we've seen, for sure. And for a movie from 2004, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. And it didn't need any, like, crazy effects or anything to get their point across. So that's what I got for entertainment. I feel like the, I believe Ringu came out a little bit before. I think it came out in like 2001 or something. But anyways, the, my point is that the movie was competing with like Ringu and Juwan, some really like staple horror movies. Oh yeah. And, and those are the go-to for sure. And I feel like this movie definitely like stands up to... Yeah. To both of those. It holds its own. It yeah. might not be the one that people grab for first, but I feel like it should be one of the top. Yeah. But it is like, it's a very specific horror, yes. which I can imagine. Have a box of tissues. To, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're a crier, have a box of tissues. Yeah. It's like, I, I knew what was going to happen. I was already like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't cry. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't actually cry, but I came close a couple of times. It was it was hard to watch a couple of those scenes. Yeah, I was trying really hard not to like spoil it because that would totally like kill the emotion. Of the you movie. can see a lot of it coming too, and that just yeah. makes it all the more heartbreaking. Yeah, it's like I think almost all of the the tragic scenes you can see coming, mm -hmm. but it's like you're just helpless. You just have to sit there and watch it happen. But also, like, whenever the, the father, like, goes to hug his little girl whenever she's hiding behind the bear and he just hugs her and sobs, it's just like, oh, God. You just, oh. I feel like that'd be very awkward for the kid, too. It would be, <laughs> but... Like, Daddy, why are you crying? <laughs> but it's like you can just feel the weight of his loss. Yeah. And, oh, but yeah. And finally being able to see her and hold her again and not knowing if... That's the last time that he'll be able to do that. It's just, ugh. Yeah. Oof. In that kind of situation, I don't know if it would have been better to not be there at all. <laughs> yeah. But let's yeah. move on to realism. Yeah. Because I'm kind of depressed now. Oh. <laughs> oh. This movie's sorry. so sad. I know. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so my list for realism is luckily fairly short. Okay. So, for realism, I would give this a 3.5. It's like, it was really hard doing this one because it's like the characters are pretty realistic, but then there's just a few things that you're like, mm, maybe that wouldn't happen. So, the first is the fact that 
the driver like was dead and then just like just so happened to be driving like died in just the nick of time to where he was driving straight enough but then started to swerve like right when his like along next uh where he would hit the car it's like that's just a huge coincidence and just, it was like a country road that they were on yeah it definitely gave me final destination vibes at this point especially in the yeah. movie but it at a couple other places too yeah and then like once the car got hit you see that the fuel is leaking but it's like you know they hit they hit <laughs> the front part of the car and then the fuel line is leaking but then it's the back part of the car that actually lights on fire that didn't make a whole lot of sense it's like you would think it'd be more the front part yeah really the gas should be leaking out the back and the fire should have been up front and it still would have happened but it just felt a little out of place yeah and i guess maybe they did that so that way they could still get a good shot of the little girl in the car without oh, the sure fire that's what they did it for. but it was just you know r- realism wise it didn't seem likely that that would happen exactly that way the fact that they got divorced after the tragedy does make sense you know not only like relationship wise but i could also see the fact that he's obsessed over like this newspaper this newspaper and she's just like i just want to you know move on i it's like i could but what was like the the way that they explain it is she didn't believe him, and so he left her, but they they still love each other. It's just the fact that he couldn't stand that she didn't believe him. And then later on, they end up reconciling. But it, yeah, it's like they have some really nice moments of where they like reconnect and kind of like work out the differences when she does start believing him. And then my final point, and this is... This kind of brings it up on if this movie could even happen. I mean, you know, all of that aside, the newspaper, like the prediction method is flawed because they don't really give a whole lot of detail on like, you know, depending on what era you are, does a medium change? You know, at that time, whenever they were doing horror films, you know, you had the videotape. And then you had the newspaper. And then with John, you had the house. It's like they, they were making like everyday items like scary, which I, I love. But for a realistic perspective, newspapers haven't always existed. So it's like what happened before newspapers existed? Like did it just pop up on rocks or, or like... So prior to that, I'm pretty sure a lot of it was word of mouth. So I wonder if some kind of spirit showed up and told them. Hmm. That'd be terrifying. That would be terrifying. Or if they just got visions. I mean, they mentioned clairvoyance. Yeah. And one of the ladies had a vision of a newspaper clipping of her death. Yeah. So she didn't necessarily see the newspaper clipping. She just had a vision of it. So it could have just been vision based, but they didn't 
explain it at all. <laughs> yeah, and it is confusing because it's like sometimes they would actually see the newspaper. Other times, like if they're trying to ignore it, they would just automatically write what mm-hmm. the paper would say. But it's like it, it makes me wonder, and me and Jess were kind of like uh, talking about this before we started recording. It, it'd be kind of fun if they updated this movie. And it'd be like you'd get like a text message or some sort of alert on your phone with the prediction. And it's like, I feel like, you know, with newspapers, it's kind of easy to ignore them. But like with a phone where we kind of we use them for not just communication, like we use them for so many things. It would be so much harder to ignore the predictions I think that would be kind of a, a fun yes, you remake. Get notifications, news notifications, which a lot of us do, or it pops up on your computer randomly, or yeah, they have any number of ways to do it nowadays. It could also symbolize the fact that you know in this day and age, it's very difficult for us to get away from technology. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be like a double meaning type of thing, kind of like evolve the movie with more this day and age. But that's my thoughts. I feel like it was just kind of just the the mode of prediction was a little bit weird where it's like, oh, physical paper, then they write it down. And anyways, so that's all I got. So I gave it a two. I was a bit more harsh on it because I have questions. (laughs) Uh-oh. Always. <laughs> so, like, the interactions themselves between the people are great. Yeah. And they make a lot of sense. Uh, especially the, the separation and divorce. That is extremely common after losing a child. They each felt alone in a different way. He was obsessed with the newspaper clipping and and felt like she didn't believe him. And he didn't realize that to her... Whether or not she believed him, it didn't matter because their kid was still gone. And she felt like he was not helping her or being present with her in the grieving process and moving on from it. So that was very realistic and heartbreaking, Mm -hmm. um, but extremely believable. And he also blamed himself for... Having them turn around in the first place just so he could send something for work. Yeah. Um, and then seeing the newspaper clipping and not doing anything about it. Though, to be fair, I feel like most people would be like, this is a joke, right? And be so confused that they wouldn't have time to do anything anyway. Yeah. So, but it's hard not to feel that guilt and blame yourself in that kind of situation. Yeah, for sure. So that made a heck of a lot of sense. What didn't really make sense was, and they show this a lot more toward the end, but the truck driver, in each of the different scenarios, it was different. So only two of them actually kind of lined up, and both of them were when the little girl was in the car. Like, stuck in the car. So... The truck driver was supposed to have had some kind of seizure or some kind of medical issue, and he died just before. And, I mean, trucks swerve, so I get it. Um, Usually they swerve the other way, but he was shown to be on the steering wheel. So his weight could have impacted it enough to swerve the opposite way. So that's fine, but then have it be consistent. 
Because in the scenario where he did get the girl out of the seatbelt and out of the car, he kept driving straight and hit the wife. And then in the other scenario, when all three of them died because they didn't turn around, it was the same truck that hit them. And it was complete bright daylight when every other scenario was around 8 o'clock yeah. at night. Dark. That'd have to change, like, the whole day. Exactly. Yeah. So it just didn't make sense there. It, they didn't explain any of that, and it just felt off. So very final destination-y, like, no matter what you do, someone's dying kind of thing. Yeah. But, again, didn't quite make that much sense. Um, what also didn't make sense was the the manner of the psychic's deaths. So, like, the lady with the photo especially, they didn't explain her death at all. Yeah. She was in the office earlier that day and seemed perfectly fine. They didn't mention it after either, but she was already in rigor and looked like she had progressed fairly quickly in decomposition. Not, like, horribly so. They didn't mention a smell or anything. But, like, her skin was kind of bruised-looking and mottled, but no blood anywhere. <laughs> and it just felt weird and kind of convenient yeah. that she found the body there, but no signs of, you know, foul play or anything. <laughs> yeah. And it was just confusing. Extremely confusing. And the newspaper guy that had gone missing, you see the smudgy silhouette, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Like, on the tapes, you see when he interferes, he has physical reactions to it. It looks almost like he's rotting. He's having an actual reaction. But then on the very last tape, he looks gray. Like, grayscale. It was kind of weird. And then you just see the smudgy silhouette. And you're just, I guess, supposed to assume that he disintegrated? Kind of like the papers kind of go away? Yeah, it's like, but my the theory was that, like, the gray was supposed to signify, like, the, the newspaper ink. And then he, like, had became shredded, like, paper. But it's like, whenever they show, like, what you mentioned, the, his very first, like, uh, rash, and then the father's rash, it looks like their skin is rotting or peeling away or something. But also, if it's supposed to be like the newspapers, when the newspapers went away, there was nothing left and no damage to anything that it was on. Windows, tables, walls, anything. When he is gone, there's a smudgy silhouette. So if he did disappear like the newspapers, then why did it leave anything behind? Yeah. So that scene was just weird because there were newspapers plastered yes. everywhere. So it's like... So, I mean, to be fair, a psychic lady that took pictures and everything had cut out newspaper clippings, presumably after it happened. So a lot of those could have been ones that he saved Hmm, after the fact. Like he knew it would happen and saw it and wrote it down or whatever. But then he gathered the actual newspaper clipping after the fact. That's fine. Weird, but fine. What if he kept all of the people, the, or no, that wouldn't make sense because then it wouldn't have happened. I was like, oh, what if they, he kept all of the newspapers of all the people that he saved, but no, that wouldn't he make sense because then. He even mentioned that it wasn't in the paper the next day. Yeah, yeah. When he did save someone. So it was just, the rules aren't very clear. Yeah. 
as to what happens whenever someone gains this horrible ability. It's not exactly a curse, but it's not great. <laughs> yeah, it's not either. a gift because you really can't not do anything gift. about it. And to see it constantly just sucks. <laughs> they keep saying it's evil and all, but its I feel like it's also not inherently evil. It sucks because it's all tragedy and everything and you're It not, probably feels evil. Not really supposed to do anything about it because you have severe consequences, but it's also just knowledge and technically like it's stuff that you would have actually probably seen on the news in the next couple of days anyway, which we're surrounded by. So if yeah. we would have seen it anyway, really you're just hearing about it beforehand. They don't really explain it, but it does seem like once you start seeing the newspapers, you're just, like, screwed, regardless of whether or not you try and stop an event. Because I think the 13-year-old, I think with him, it's like, he was more going crazy mm -hmm. from it. It's like, either you go crazy, or you end up getting guilted into stopping the event, and then you die that way. It's like, no matter what, you don't want to see those newspapers. Yeah. I feel like it's human nature. Like, if you know something's going to happen, and you have the ability to stop it, even though you know there's going to be consequences, it's hard not to do anything about it. Yeah. A lot of people would feel a moral obligation to do something about it. They never really mention the fact that with a lot of these events, though... Most people in, like, authoritative positions won't believe you. Yeah. Like, with the train derailment or something, if he had called someone, or the landslide especially, like, if he had called someone about it beforehand and warned them, hey, there's going to be a landslide in this area, eight people are going to die, you need to close this road down or whatever, they're going to laugh at you. Or question the heck out of you and not do anything about it, probably. So, yeah. in a lot of those scenarios, you kind of can't do anything about it. So it's just kind of an odd situation. Yeah. Also, with one of my biggest issues when he's trying to figure out what exactly is going on is with the student's death. So, he... He thinks that something's going to happen with a student. He sees the the newspaper article with her name and picture. I think it had a picture. I believe so, yes. Um, so he runs to her house. The fact that he knew where she lives was kind of weird to me, but different culture. <laughs> was it actually her house? Yeah. Okay. It had her, her last name on the plaque oh, outside okay. the door. And then he heard her scream and ran to the area to see what mm. he could do to help. Depending on where she was stabbed, he could have potentially helped her. But when he found her, she was walking and there was no blood or anything. And it was just kind of weird. And then when he knocked out the Stabby McStabberson, <laughs> he turned around. She was on the ground. And he turned her over and a wound just appears out of nowhere. That made zero sense whatsoever. Yeah. Like there was what? no blood on the knife. Well, it's like whenever they show that, they make it sound like even if you did try and prevent it, that person's still going to die, which makes it confusing towards the end where it's like it makes it sound like no matter what happens, someone has to die in that scenario. And if a person doesn't die, then 
So then why couldn't it have been when he knocked out the Stabby McStabberson, he could have fallen in such a way that it cracked his skull open or fractured his spine. Yeah. Any number of things could have happened to Stabby. (laughs) Yeah, that definitely, that whole scene kind of removed the logic. Yeah. Because it's like, you have to think, it's like, even though he removed the wife, the fact that those other people died is like, it really had to be her included for the, yeah, it it can fall apart if you, yeah, like, try and, it felt really unraveled there. (laughs) Yeah. But also, they didn't show him doing anything that most people would have done, which would be, you know, put pressure on the wound. Maybe CPR or something. Call the police because you just knocked out the assailant and there's someone bleeding on the ground in front of you. Like, yeah. call for help, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and they never tell you what happened to the assailant either. They never tell you if he got away, if he was in custody, if he died from a head wound or whatever. Yeah. Nothing. You hear nothing afterward about Stabby McStabberson. Yeah, it's literally just to show you that he couldn't stop it. But then later in the movie, they're like, oh, yeah, he could stop it. But he could have. Yeah. He just would have had physical repercussions. So, and she could have been, technically, she still would have been a victim. She just didn't necessarily have to die. Yeah. She could have been seriously injured and in the hospital under critical condition. Yeah. With a stab wound. But she didn't necessarily have to die. So it felt just a mm, little off. And it just, this movie, because they're so strong on his storyline, but so weak on the other side storylines. Yeah. It just brings up so many more questions and feels rather unrealistic when they could have had a very, very solid, strong, realistic movie, even with the supernatural stuff aside. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So that's why I gave it a two for now. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, I think that overall, this isn't a movie to sit on. If uh, you haven't watched it, I definitely would encourage you to because it does kind of give you a different perspective of what horror can be. There's not really a lot of horror movies like this. Not too many. But I, I think it's worth the watch. But thank you for joining us today. And please comment on what you thought of the movie. If you'd like to recommend a movie, game, or tea, and keep up to date with our content, you can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and most places you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe, like, and share our content. If you'd like to support us monetarily, we do have a Teespring available and a PayPal, and we have our affiliate link with Plum Deluxe as well. It does not affect the price of the tea at all. It just allows us to continue to do what we love. And you can find all the sites mentioned linked below. And until the next time, guys, stay safe and stay spoopy. Bye! Bye.